The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Bet $50 at Winbet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with Winbet. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Just head over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to check out our relaunched merch store where you can get all your favorite SGPN gear. Just head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Right, let's bring you the latest transfer news now. And uh, what is emerging is potentially some worrying news for Manchester United fans. Michael Bridge joins me on set. What can you tell us? Yeah, Emma, this is an exclusive in the last hour, according to the Times, that Cristiano Ronaldo has asked to leave Manchester United should the Premier League club receive a satisfactory offer in the transfer window. As uh, To repeat, this is according to the Times in the last hour. It said to, his decision said to be driven by a desire to play in the Champions League for the remainder of his career. That he's been part of the Champions League for 19 consecutive seasons since in Sporting Lisbon for Manchester United. He's never played in the Europa League. That's where United will be playing this season. Um, of course, finishing sixth on last season. Um, He's believed to feel that he has three or four years left at the highest level of the game and would like to spend them at a club where he's capable of adding to his team and individual achievements. And according to close friends, Ronaldo's affection and respect for United's support remains as strong as ever, in addition to pursuing a transfer on sporting grounds. Um, however, there are personal reasons for leaving Manchester after, of course, a difficult period for his young family. I mean, if this report is true, this is certainly not what you want to be hearing if you're Eric Ten Hag at the moment. No, it's not what he wants. They, they go on their pre-season tour next week, you know, and one of those parts of that tour is in Australia. They, you know, he doesn't want this. And in his press conference, when asked about Cristiano Ronaldo, he said, yes, of course, he's part of my plans, you know. He's lost Paul Pogba, Matic has gone, Lingard has gone, Cavani's gone. Now, a lot of those were leaving anyway, but he hasn't had replacements in as of yet. This is not something Eric Ten Hag would want or need, yeah. as it stands, of course. And this news comes off the back of the fact they haven't actually made a single signing yet this summer. We've got City signing Haaland, we've got Liverpool bringing in the likes of Darwin Nunez, we've got Tottenham making a whole number of signings. Are they any closer to bringing anyone in? Well, this is where... There is potentially some good news for Manchester United, Emma, because we do think this will change very soon. Um, Tyrell Malassia is probably going to be the first player in the left-back. Uh, wants to come to United. They're finalising personal terms. A medical could be this weekend as well. And uh, the club are confident of finalising that move over the coming days. United beating Leon to that signing. A Dutch left back. More news uh, on incomings we've got in the last hour is Lissandro Martinez. He's told Ajax he wants to move to the Premier League, but he's yet to decide whether it's United or... Or Arsenal. He took time out of his holiday last Tuesday to have a meeting with Ajax in Amsterdam. We can reveal that. 
And he's gone back on holiday now and he's making a decision about where he wants to play his football. What we do know is he wants to come to the Premier League, but what club? Manchester United or Arsenal? But we have been told, though, he does love working under Eric Ten Hag. Right, OK. You are listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also follow the Twitter account for Bet MUFC. It's at Bet MUFC. That's at Bet MUFC. And finally, also follow the Twitter account for LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. So LockBetting.com without the dot. That is my premium pay service that has delivered 109 months in a row of transparent track profit. That means for nine years and one month, I haven't had a single losing month in sports betting. I'm 11 months away from being able to say for 10 years, for an entire decade, my service has not delivered one single losing month. If you want to come aboard the service, head over to lockbetting.com and sign up for the month of July as we chase month number 110. We're currently in the process of seeing out our Wimbledon futures, but we are still putting out plays on the NHL, the WNBA, which we're unbeaten on this season, and the MLB. And of course, we are putting out transfer plays as well. We'll be looking at preseason friendly soon. And most importantly, we'll be looking at soccer futures shortly if you want to do your research before you signed up the pin tweet is always the pnl from the previous month so at the moment you can look at the month of june if you want to look back at other pnls go down to the bottom of that pnl you'll see little tags they say things like soccer tennis nba etc one of them says pnl click that and you'll be able to see all of the other previous pnls look at the type of sports we bet on look at the type of bets that we do look at the stakes we put out it's all very very sensible Everybody that gambles should be able to join this service. And once you're satisfied with the research, which also includes looking at the members' comments, verifying the fact this has delivered 109 months in a row of transparent track profit, then sign up over at lockbetting.com. Moving on with this edition of BetMUFC, which I have deliberately delayed for two days. This was supposed to come out on Sunday and uh, the World Cup preview was going to come out on Independence Day. So first of all, happy Independence Day for yesterday. The show has been delayed for obvious reasons because I was seeing what would happen with Cristiano Ronaldo. I was waiting to see if he returned to pre-season training on Monday. He did not. And therefore, we have much more of a developing story now with Cristiano Ronaldo possibly leaving Manchester United. Before we talk about that, let's talk about the future schedule for the podcasts. You're listening to Bet MUFC now. We are now going to insert in a bonus show because we will be doing a futures preview for the women's European Championship. The women's Euros starts tomorrow. So we'll be dropping a futures show on that. And then we'll be finally dropping our World Cup show. This this has to be the most delayed show in the history of the Soccer Gambling Podcast. But of course, with this Cristiano Ronaldo situation and everything developing fast at Manchester United, also with the chase of Frankie de Jong, we are not now going to wait two weeks for another episode of BetMUFC. You can now get another episode next week. So there'll be an update next week with this developing story. So my summer break is now out of the window because of what's happening at Manchester United. And really, you have to say, 
it's nothing good on the surface. We haven't signed any players and our star player is wanting to get out of the door. This just looks very, very bad for Manchester United. It's bad for Eric Ten Hag as he prepares to go away with the squad. Everybody was supposed to report back on July the 4th. The the um, the players that played internationals were supposed to come back on July the 4th. The other players came back a week early. So those that did not get selected for their international teams, the likes of Sancho and Rashford, shockingly, had to come in a week early. But the full squad was supposed to return this previous Monday and Cristiano Ronaldo was absent, citing family reasons. So on the surface, it looks very, very bad because Manchester United haven't signed players and we have our key player, or at least the key player from last season, given the fact that Manchester United did not win one single game which Cristiano Ronaldo did not feature in. So that makes him our key player on paper. And uh, our key player doesn't believe in the Eric Ten Hag plan. This all looks very, very bad. But when you look at it a different way, and this is what I outlined on Twitter via the at uh, BetMUFC account, Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't really fit in with Eric Ten Hag's plans in many ways. First of all, stylistically, the way Eric Ten Hag likes to play he does like to press with his strikers. In Cristiano Ronaldo, yes, of course, you have a player who scored 24 goals last season. However, you also have a player who is in the bottom 1% of attacking players, and that includes midfielders when it comes down to pressing. So defenders aside, Cristiano Ronaldo is in the bottom 1% of players in world football for pressing. Now, this does not necessarily suit the way Eric Ten Hag likes to do things. So when you're looking at that and you're looking at a player who doesn't want to play for you and is citing very strange reasons, he's using his family for why he didn't turn up for training on, on Monday, why he hasn't turned up today as well. And a player who's saying that he wants to finish his career in the Champions League. Well, why didn't you say at the start of the summer? You knew we weren't going to be in the Champions League. Everybody knew that. But you decided to go on your holiday and wait all the way until the day before you were supposed to report back to training to say, I don't want to play in this club. I don't want to play in the Europa League. I want to play in the Champions League. Now, obviously, something has changed in that time. Perhaps Ronaldo is unhappy with our transfer activity. You can't really blame him for that. Nobody's happy. No supporter is happy. You just need to go on social media and see how Manchester United fans are reacting. It's very, very disappointing when you look at the likes of Manchester City and Tottenham and Liverpool and even Arsenal getting their business done. And Manchester United, as we're recording this, are yet to secure a single signing. It does look like we are about to get Christian Eriksen over the line. But um, that is a pretty underwhelming signing, in my opinion, at this juncture. He looks like he's going to be a squad player. He's obviously not going to come in and play ahead of Bruno Fernandes. It's, um, it's been established that Eric Ten Hag's first signing and first priority was Frankie de Jong. But that doesn't mean he has to be the, the first signing, like as in literally the first one and everybody comes afterward. We can then start to work on other projects if the negotiations and the dealings with de Jong are taking a long time. I quite frankly don't see the, the fascination. Frankie de Jong is a good player, but he's a player that scored four goals last season. He's a player that very much is another player that goes side to side. He doesn't really strike me as a big physical ball winner who's going to win the ball back for us and change too much in the midfield. 
I, um, I, I see the appeal of what Frankie de Jong does, which is that he travels a lot with the ball. He picks it up from, from the back and, and brings it into the opposition half and then trends, tends to find him a decent ball. He doesn't lose the ball a lot. But you're paying a lot of money for that. And the biggest issue I have with it is the fact that he has made a commitment to Barcelona and has said how happy he is there. The president has said that he wants to keep Frankie de Jong. Not that that means anything because Barcelona are desperate for money. They're they're struggling to sign players and they still think they're going to sign Rafinha and um, and Lewandowski. Well, in order to do that, you have to sell somebody. And that looks like it's going to have to be Frankie de Jong. And they've already got the covering there. They've got a lot of young midfielders there, the likes of Pedri. Um, They've just signed Kessie from AC Milan. So I do think inevitably Frankie de Jong does end up at Manchester United. But he just said he was was happy at the greatest football club in the world, Barcelona. And um, it does seem like the move is a little bit underwhelming for him. It looks like he needs a little bit too much convincing to join Manchester United, who are supposed to be the biggest football club in the world. But when you look at the state of things at the moment with Ronaldo saying what he said. Look, I don't have too much of an issue with Ronaldo going because, as I said, he doesn't fit in with the pressing part of Eric Ten Hag's plan. In addition to that, how do you come in as a new manager and build around a 37-year-old? This is obviously short-term. As much as Ronaldo turns around and says, I've got three or four years left in me, has he really got three or four years left in the Premier League? Because I think it's going to be a one-and-done situation. If we do cling on to him, it's another player who doesn't want to be there. Then we're desperately trying to sign a player as our number one priority who doesn't necessarily want to play for us. Surrounded by a bunch of players who played like they didn't want to play for us last year. Because as good as it is that we've got pog shit and lazy Lingard and all of these social media cancers out of the club. I'm not necessarily going to say the same thing about Matic and Matter, but they were on their last legs. They haven't really been performing at a high enough level, especially for the Premier League. So... I know Matic has gone to, to Roma. I'm not sure where, where Juan Mata is going to go. But at the end of the day, we are starting to get players out. But we needed those replacements. And, and Christian Eriksen, another player coming in in his 30s, doesn't really strike me as being too much different from Juan Mata. I understand that Eriksen has obviously done more in the last five years because uh, Juan Mata has spent a lot of time on the Manchester United bench. But I think given some game time, I think signing for one of the... Um, one of the mid-table teams in, in Spain in La Liga, I think we'll see a lot from Juan Mata. I still think he has a lot to offer. I still think Eriksen has a lot to offer, but I'm just surprised that he decided to become a Manchester United squad player. And uh, we'll see how that plays out throughout the season because we don't actually know what Ten Hag is going to do with his midfield, whether he is going to play the two holding players or whether he's going to be a little bit more attacking like Manchester City because Manchester City tends to operate with Rodri and have now signed Calvin Phillips as, as cover for the holding position with Fernandinho now retiring and they tend to go with two attacking players in that midfield usually Bernardo Silva and Kevin De Bruyne so perhaps under Derek, Eric Ten Hag we are going to go with um, Bruno Fernandes and Eriksen or perhaps even Donny van der Beek who's previously played under Eric Ten Hag so the one thing I will say for a, for a positive thing is when you look at these players and you look at what happened last season, I do think you have to look at it as an anomaly because prior to that, this was the team essentially that finished second in the table. Now, I understand a lot of people would turn around and say Liverpool had a poor season that year and a lot of teams were rebuilding or they were off. Well, at the end of the day, we still had to get enough points to finish second. And there are still good players here who all, ma- who all massively underperformed. That was Sancho's worst season of his career. 
That was Rashford's worst season of his career. That was Varane's worst season of his career. I wouldn't say it's Shaw's worst season of his career necessarily, but it was a massive, massive step down from Luke Shaw or Shaw, Shawberto that he was called during the Euros because he played so well. This was a world 11 level player based on his performance at the Euros and we got no version of that at all during the Premier League season last year. So there's a lot to improve on and these players can no way be as bad as they were. I mean, with Sancho, it's different because he's moved from the Bundesliga to the EPL. He still has to adapt. Maybe he'll never adapt. Maybe he'll just be a a big flop and he'll end up being sold somewhere else. Maybe he'll leave the Premier League and go back to Germany or whatever. The jury's still out on Sancho. But as much as I don't like Marcus Rashford, I think he's massively overrated. He massively underperformed last season. A a 10-15 goal Rashford contributing assists and looking dangerous at running at pace is a lot better, obviously, than the Rashford we saw last season. Is Rashford a Manchester United player if Manchester United won a challenge for the league again? Probably not. Is is Jadon Sancho? We don't know. There's, there's a lot of questions to be asked about this team. And obviously, when you look at the seasons that players had, when you're looking at Shaw, Maguire, Sancho, Rashford, everybody was well, well, well under par. So I don't think there's any way that Manchester United can underperform to that level. I don't necessarily think we should be seven to four to finish in the top four. And it looking like it's a foregone conclusion that suddenly it's going to be Tottenham, Chelsea, Manchester City and Liverpool in there and Manchester United are going to struggle. I think that's even more clear by the fact that Manchester United are now priced out at 40 to one, which is the biggest price in the history of the Premier League for Manchester United to win the league. And I think that is really the key indicator. Now, obviously, a lot of your pundits on television and that aren't going to be looking at the betting odds. They don't use the betting odds as a barometer, but we do because we are the the soccer gambling podcast. And from a gambling standpoint, if you want to see where Manchester United are at the moment, look at the outright odds to win the title. 40 to 1. As you guys know, if you gamble, when someone is a 40 to 1 shot, that team are not in the best position they've ever been in, which is where Manchester United are now. But when you look at that from Eric Ten Hag's standpoint, this can go one of two ways. He's either inherited a Manchester United team that are at their worst point ever, and it's a very, very difficult job, or this is a Manchester United team that massively, massively underperformed. And if they have a little bit of accurate guidance, if they're not managed by the likes of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who, despite the fact he did well at times, was massively under-experienced, Ralph Ragnick never had the support of the players because, at the end of the day, he was always temporary. If they have a proper manager in who's done things at Ajax and is respected by these players and believe in his strategies and philosophies and tactics, then this team can be much, much, much better. In Rafa Varane, you have a World Cup winner and a multiple-time Champions League winner. In Harry Maguire, you have a player that just has to be better this season. In Luke Shaw, you have a player that was considered to be one of the best backs, left best left backs, if not the best left back in the world. In David De Gea, you may have the best shot stopper in the world in goal. The right back position needs to be addressed, but I think in Aaron Wan-Bissaka, you have one of the best tackling fullbacks in the world. Now, I understand that Eric Ten Hag has told him that he wants him to leave, but I also understand reports are coming out that he is impressed at Carrington during the week that Eric Ten Hag's looked at him. 
But I do think we will sign a, a, another right back. But at the moment, I think Diego Dallo does start in that position because he is an Eric Ten Hag type of player. The midfield is a position that needs to be addressed. Obviously, it's looking like we're going to be chasing Frankie de Jong. And I don't know if we're going to play with the two holders. In that case, I think we're going to still go with Fred and Bruno uh, as the as the front man. If not, we could go with um, Donny van der Beek and, and uh, Bruno Fernandes. I do think Donny would get the nod above Eriksen in that second position to start with because he's played with Ten Hag before. And up front, you're looking at Rashford, Sancho, and you will need to sign a centre-forward if Cristiano Ronaldo isn't there. But at the moment, I would assume he still stays. So this looks like a strong team and not a team that I would write off and say it's guaranteed that Chelsea or Tottenham will finish above them. I mean, Tottenham at the moment are third, are third favourites to win the league. And that kind of shows where Chelsea are because Chelsea are linked to a lot of players. They are very much like Manchester United this summer. But for me, it looks like the lit is going to end up choosing Bayern Munich. You've just got rid of Romelu Lukaku. It doesn't look like you've got a ready-made replacement. You're chasing Cristiano Ronaldo at 37 years old because you're desperately trying to, to get a striker when you just signed a striker last season to take you to that next step because you won the Champions League, but you didn't challenge for the league because you, you didn't have a top striker. And then you signed a top striker and that top, top striker never really wanted to play for you. So you now need to sign a top striker again. And also you need to replace... Antonio Rudiger and uh, and Christensen and and other, and other players in your squad. I mean, I don't even know if Kante is the same Kante because Kante only seems to play half the games now and isn't as effective as he used to be. Perhaps you need to be looking at a holding midfield player as well. I mean, there's a lot to do at Chelsea. And I think if United could catch anybody to get back into the top four, it would be them. But I think we're being grossly... Um, grossly underrated and disrespected this season, whether we make signings or not. I do think we need to make signings. I do think the summer of this uh, summer has been disappointing. These players should be signed, sealed and delivered by now. And they should be on the play and going to this pre-season tour. We should still not be doing negotiations for these players and, um, and trying to th- thrash out things before the tour begins. They should be at training this week. Everything should have been done by July the 4th, but it's typical Manchester United. And that isn't the case once again. So that's your um, Bet MUFC update. I was going to have a look at the at the fixture list. I was going to have a look at Manchester United's first six or seven games, but I don't want the show to run too long. I don't do really long podcasts because people tend not to listen to them. But as we are dropping another show next week, we're going to start it off with a very, very, a very, very brief update on Cristiano Ronaldo. And then we are going to jump into that running, especially when we may know more then about players that are signed that may give us more of a hint as to how the running may play out. I mean, to be honest, initially, it doesn't look like the most difficult start. Obviously, I'd rather not be playing Liverpool so early on in the season. We're going to be playing them in the third game of the season. That's on a Monday night football I actually got tickets for that on in the ballot, which is very, very difficult to do when you look at Manchester United being a massively supported club. We have um, two million members. A lot of those members will be going for the ballot tickets for the Liverpool game. And uh, we have about 50,000 season ticket holders. So you have around about a 26,000 out of two million chance of getting the tickets. And I land, managed to land a couple. So I'm looking forward to that game at the moment. I'm not so, so sure I'll be happy on the drive home but we'll be looking at the run-in starting with the game against Brighton next time out on the next episode of BetMUFC next week we'll have a Ronaldo update we'll have a Frankie de Jong update 
I'm sure by then we'll be linked to another six or seven players. Today, reports are coming out that we're possibly linked to um, Pablo Dybala because he can't sort out wages with Inter Milan. All of that will be covered on the next episode of Bet MEFC. But until then, good luck with all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening. Hi, Eric. Uh, Kieran Canning from AFP. You've talked there about a project and a, and a style of play but also adapting to the, the players that you have. Does, does Cristiano Ronaldo fit into that project? Of course. What, what do you feel you can bring going into next season? Ronaldo? Yeah. Uh, and goals. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking for more leadership from as well to, to sort of lead this project forward? Uh, uh, I talk first with Ronaldo uh, before I talk with you. <laughs> Uh, if he ends up staying at United, he will be expected to work as hard as any other United player. If he leaves, it would suit all parties if the deal was done as quickly as possible. Now, I know Manchester United's position is that the player is not for sale, but obviously everyone has their price. And my understanding is that United would be prepared to sell uh, Cristiano Ronaldo if a deal could be agreed with another club uh, which would suit all parties.